Today, we're going to continue our two-part series in intentional thankfulness. Last week, we ended up uh, going through a list of things to be thankful for, kind of a, like a, a primer for those who are having a hard time finding things to be thankful for. Usually, that happens when difficulties are surrounding us or we're overwhelmed or there's so much weight on our shoulders for a crisis or pressure or whatever's going on. So to have a mini list to kind of begin to practice remembering is really helpful. I'm going to continue that uh, today. Uh, but today is also a really important day across the church world, around the world. Uh, today is Pentecost Sunday. Last week was Ascension Sunday. Uh, but Pentecost Sunday, we usually don't talk about these special days often, but I think it's important for us to remember we are not isolated. We are part of the church around the world. We are the body of Christ, and there are people watching, part of the church, watching online. Wherever you are, we're doing church. It's not the building. It never has been, but it's easy to get that mixed up. Really easy to confuse because after a while you become married to the pattern of what you do for what you call church. And so some of those things are okay, but if you're not aware of that, you can get, you can get more committed to a building and a system than to loving one another. So I love the diversity here. I think we're very, very blessed. So where did this all come from? Well, the disciples asked Jesus a question. So when will all this happen? You can go back and read verses 6, 7. We're going to look at verse 8 in Acts chapter 1. And Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So something pretty big is being said here. But when the Holy Spirit comes, this is a promise. It's not if... And if you behave right, and if you're doing the rituals I told you to be doing, then the Holy Spirit will come. It says, when the Holy Spirit comes, look out, because good stuff's coming. And the fact that he's calling out the Holy Spirit, that's kind of big. That's implying something for sure. Some churches don't emphasize the Holy Spirit at all. Uh, other churches only emphasize the Holy Spirit. And so at different tribes, different churches kind of focus on what they're comfortable with, where they're at in their journey, just like we do. Um, but I think it's important to remember the Holy Spirit's at work. We believe in, a, in the full trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And they are one. They're in union. And we are in them. That's really, really important to remember. So this is where it got started. And then, Pentecost Sunday, this happens. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. Let me just read this through because we haven't read this through for years. So it's about time. Instead of doing the Henry Nouwen thing, we're going to do Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. By the way, they had been meeting there many times. It's not, uh, okay, on this day we're supposed to meet. And they show up and, okay, Holy Spirit's going to come today. No, there was no Outlook calendar notification sent to them to, to show up. They were there and probably going through some scary stuff too, still with the, um, in light of what happened with Jesus. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Imagine um, a storm coming your way. I know two weeks ago we had a pretty quick and pretty nasty storm. Uh, and we, for us, we don't get a lot of those. And I saw the clouds coming. 
And about 10 minutes before, I looked at my radar on the computer. I said, did that, you know how you can hit that button to say, okay, what's the future plan going to be? How long will it take before it gets here? And this is about 5 to 12. And it said uh, 2 o'clock. I went, okay, cool, got tons of time. Uh, and then I, five minutes later, I looked up and out, and I took on my phone. I did the look. It's now! It's sped up! It's like suddenly, it was like happening right now. And sure enough, a few drops hit, and then boom, downpour. Then I was driving to Kitchener, and the the sideways wind, things flying. It was like loud, and, and you could feel the car move, and it was like a shaky, shaky. And if you're in the house, you can hear the wind hitting your stuff, and you, sometimes you can hear your stuff flying too. But there was like wind noise. Imagine that when they're not used to that at all. And suddenly, a roaring of a mighty windstorm that filled the house where they were sitting. I think that would freak anyone out. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. Now, did it mean a, a whole bunch of blippets of, of fire came in and, and like uh, snow swirling and then and honed over top of each person? Maybe. We don't know. It just, this is all we got. And there's lots of ways to perceive how this could have happened, but... They recognized it, and the others in the room could all see it, which is different. Because sometimes if you have your own personal vision, sometimes you're the only one who has that vision. This was like a whole group saying that nobody could deny it. You got one too. What? Oh, no. Is it hot? I don't know. Uh, like, they, we don't know. But anyway, it was very real that they all saw it. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as... The Holy Spirit gave them this ability. This is critically important. I remember going to camp in certain churches where I had to try and get the gift of tongues. And I had to practice this phrase and, you know, they prep you and, okay, here, there you go. Now you're practicing speaking tongues. It'll come to you. Just, just rattle this off and it'll come. And I, I did it all. It was, it, was, it was fun and exciting and all that. And I wept and blah, 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 blah. But here, this is about the Holy Spirit doing it, not us manufacturing it. This is critical. And it was for this time. Did it happen later? Sure. But for this to happen to a group, this is about a witness event. This is a huge event. Some people will say, well, that was just for that time, and it doesn't apply to us today. You're really grasping for straws doing that, and you're really uh, playing a guessing game. So I would rather not be dogmatic about that and realize the Holy Spirit can do whatever the Holy Spirit wants. He can make you talk in other languages right now. It, honestly. So we can't play that game of absolutes and be dogmatic about it. Uh, the church I grew up with, that was the, all those gifts were done, and they ended in the New Testament, and they're not for today. That's what I learned. And a lot of places believe that. So be careful how you use your terminology, and don't speak with the assumption. Because I think the Holy Spirit is fully active in, in all the Holy Spirit wants to do. So it's not something like a menu you can pick today. I want this gift. When we're praying for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's not about speaking in tongues, gifts of prophecy, and, and that long list of gifts. Here's what I've, so far today, this is how I see it. The gift is the Holy Spirit. The gift is Jesus. 
if it manifests itself in a certain way, that's cool. But it may be one time. It may be another gift another time. We just don't know. It's not something we can market. I want to be careful with that. Everyone was filled and began speaking in languages as the Holy Spirit gave them. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, obviously it wasn't just in that room. It was heard throughout wherever things were going on. It's like a big blast. Uh, Everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These are people who are all from Galilee, as in they're from the Bronx, they're from the farmland, they're from... Whatever, I, I got to be careful how I say this, but they did not see them as educated, well-traveled people, okay? That's clearly what's going on here. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Perithians, Medes, Elamites, people from Methuselah, <laughs> Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Pelirga, okay, there's the list. And the areas of Libra and, and around Cyrene, visitors from Rome. So there's a lot of languages going on here because there's like, I don't know how many people were in that room, but I think it tells us, I just forget. Um, and again, these are both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. There is the key. What was being said? It was not about it wasn't just about the wow factor. They're speaking other languages because to me, that's pretty cool. All right? Um, that, that would freak anybody out. But the message was about the wonderful things God has done. I wonder how much was explained that day. Do you remember the road to Amos where Jesus explains to those two individuals sharing how the Old Testament points to, the, to Jesus and he explained all the prophecies and what had to come and all the stuff. I wonder how much was explained in those tongues at that time. What was said? It summed up about the wonderful things God has done. Sometimes we spend most of our time speaking theology of what we believe. Well, this is what I believe about God, and I don't believe that, and blah, blah, blah. Those things are helpful. They are good. But maybe it's even simpler. Maybe as the time is right, whenever God opens up an opportunity for you to share, then you just share how good God's been to you without trying to push God on people. It's just being and being present It's effortless in a way. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd, because there's always naysayers and negative negative people, ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk. That's all. Well, give me some of that wine then, (laughs) if that's what it is. Peter preaches to the crowd. Then Peter steps forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, yo, listen carefully, all of you. Fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk. Some of you are assuming, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's much too early for that. Even they understood that. (coughs) No, what you see was predicted 
long ago by the prophet Joel. I believe this was a message to Peter. Peter was given a revelation by the Holy Spirit connecting the dots. Because remember, Peter was a little bit slow on catching up to what God was trying to say. Or, or even the words of Jesus, you know. He was the last one to clue in the intent. He was always running ahead and, and trying to help God out, help Jesus out. And got himself in so much trouble all the time. Funny how that happens when we try to help God out. But here he's seeing this was a prophecy being fulfilled by the prophet Joel. In the last days. Oh, pause. That's great. Look at that. In the last days. How many times in the last two years, three years, have we heard about the last days, the end times? And oh my goodness. um, It happened. It's right there in our text. In the last days. Here it is. God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. By the way, it was male and female. There were men and women in that room. It was not a gender thing whatsoever. It was all. That's a lesson for us. And in those days I will pour up my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. They will prophesy. But what does prophecy mean? Prophesy does not necessarily mean foretelling the future, which is what most people believe prophecy is. Will you prophesy over me? Usually it's about predicting what's going to happen. That is not what prophecy means. Prophesying here means to unveil the scriptures. To reveal meaning where meaning was not there. It was hard to understand. That's biblical prophecy. There's another prediction stuff of of prophecy, but that's not what's being used here. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, the moon will turn red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, this is the best part, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. How many miracles could Jesus have done if he was not abiding in the Father? Zero. Jesus, the man, did no miracles. It was God, the Father, doing all those miracles through him. Remember Jesus saying, I only speak what the Father says. I only share with you what I've heard, blah, 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 blah. Jesus didn't do anything on his own uh, as an independent. And yet we want so much independence today. Oh, yes, I want to be in charge. I want want in charge of my life and and all that independence. Listen, independence is overrated. Interdependence is what the Trinity is about. Careful about those priorities. It was God who did it through them. Let's watch this little clip, uh, video clip on uh, Pentecost, kind of summarizing up um, what it was. This is the, I hope you like this. Once upon a time, there was a great wind, a mighty life-giving energy that breathed everything into existence, a power that moved along the waters of the deep, the Spirit of God. One day a group who loved God was praying and meeting. 
celebrating a Jewish feast with friends and family, unaware of what was going to happen. Heaven was about to pay a visit. A violent wind filled the room where they prayed. Tongues of fire descended, separated, and rested on each of them. The Spirit of God didn't just come near them, the Spirit filled them. And each one began to speak in a foreign language, the many languages of all the people who lived in Jerusalem. All those who passed by marveled at what they saw. How could it be that each one could hear their own native language at the same time? Some claimed it was miraculous. Others scoffed and called them drunk. But Peter stepped forward and boldly proclaimed the truth. What the scripture described long ago had now come to pass right before their eyes. I will pour out my spirit, the Lord told his people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Here was the moment. The power of God filled the faithful. The body of Christ rose up alive and active, equipped and empowered to love God, to love others. The good news continues to be proclaimed. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the best news is, for those who believe, the story never ends. Just a small summary. And this is what's being celebrated around the world today. Intentional thankfulness, the way of peace. Last week I gave you a list of things to begin to be thankful for, but we also looked at this scripture, Psalm 107, and I found it interesting that the song Rescue that was sung earlier is about declaring where God has rescued you, being thankful, being intentional, remembering back to the times God has stepped in and really encouraged you. <coughs> Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out, tell others he's redeemed you from your enemies. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. It's important to remember and see and perceive how God has blessed us already, past tense, and have your eyes open to see more that's coming. More things to be thankful for. Clean water. My wife mentioned that as soon as I got home. <laughs> and it's true. Clean water. We, we take for granted here in Canada, in most cities, we take for granted clean water. And yet there are indigenous communities that don't have clean water, and I don't understand. It does not make sense. With all of our technology, I hope something happens where some help gets in there. It, this is, to me, it's just awful. It's heartbreaking. I remember going down to a small village at Limon, and we, <laughs> Sarah was there, and we, and so was Megan. Um, we saw a town that had sick kids all the time. Why? Because the well water was contaminated. It was not pure. It was a mess. And so we had heard about this, and we ended up raising funds to 
pay for a new, a new well to be dug and brought them clean water so they could wash their hands because they were washing their hands with contaminated water and they were always getting sick and they didn't have medicine for everything. It was like a super poor village. It woke us up for the things we had taken for granted. And I think, Sarah, you'd agree that when we got home, we suddenly realized, oh my goodness, I am thankful for water. Hot water, which is coming. Um, you know, access to food, uh, varieties of things we can purchase, like just incredible. Clean water. Can you be thankful for that today? Indoor plumbing and a water heater. Are you thankful for that or do you just take it for granted? Because after a while, you take it for granted. Turn on, of course it's going to be hot. That's what we think. Until the hot water heater breaks and then, woo, that's cold. Like, Interesting. Like, we've, we've talked about, uh, you know, living like kings and princes and queens and all that stuff. And maybe 150, 200 years ago, living in a palace would have been the dream, right? Living the dream. Except they didn't have plumbing. They didn't have that. So even today, to have access to that. Remember the village. In the village we went to, there was only one flushing toilet in the village that somebody had in their house. There was a communal bathroom that the whole village could go to. It's like being at a, a camp, a provincial park where you have your trailers, but then they have those, those uh, shower places and with the washrooms. That's what it was like in this village, for a whole village. It's like, oh my goodness, let's be thankful. Personal hygiene products, especially be thankful for the person next to you wearing deodorant. It's really good. <laughs> You're really thankful for that. You know, brushing teeth. I remember watching Survivor, watching these people take coconut Read whatever they can. They're trying to brush their teeth because they don't have toothbrushes. Like, be thankful for the stuff we do have. We, we easily can take it for granted because we're too busy complaining about the pains of our, our circumstance. We're too um, focused on what's not going well. Or, and by the way, all that, 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 all that that is are your expectations being failed. It's your expectations that are failing you when you're doing that, every time. I really think so. Tragedy does come. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we're not thankful for the things around us. Access to education and books. Are you thankful for that? Not every place has the ability to go to school, to be educated, to have supplies to do this. Look around the world. There's tons of places that don't have it. And here we have it. We're, we're blessed. Books. Do you like books? Well, in order to read them, you have to be educated. You know, some of you are bookworms. You love it. Great. Give thanks for the books. Technology, GPS, Wi-Fi. If you're watching online, that's what you get. It's technology right now. Uh, be thankful for that because years ago we didn't have that. During the, during the pandemic time, especially when we were in full lockdown, it's because of technology we were able to stay connected in, in a, some kind of meaningful way, even though it was not the best. We know that. Physically, being together is better. Um, mind you, sometimes there's some people it's good not to be with. Anyway, just kidding. <laughs> but the idea of technology, be thankful for the advancements. Be thankful for the hospital advancements in medicine and how technology has allowed us to take better care of ourselves and fix problems that people would have died over years ago. See how the list can begin to grow? Art and music. That's a funny one. But no, it's not. I think art and music are those things that speak to our soul when we're having a hard time. Do you ever see people driving and they're singing really loud to their song and you know the song too? 
and there's something engaging. There's a, a memory, a connection to music or to art, to see a picture. There's a connection that calms you. Sometimes a certain photo or piece of art, because we know Francis draws some incredible pieces, and if you were to focus on just some of that art, you, you would have an awe for somebody else's talent. Lori and I were at a um, the Drayton Theater show the other night that I'm Canadian too, whatever it's called. I forget which one. It's, it was really funny. A lot of country music. If you like country, definitely a yes. The talent was incredible. The talent. So art, music, be thankful for it. You take for granted the radio. You take for granted your audio CDs and MP3 files. Freedom of religion. Be thankful that you don't live in China or certain places where you're not allowed to have your freedom. In Pakistan, you can get killed for believing in Jesus and speaking out. We say we don't have a lot of freedoms here in Canada. <laughs> oh, you narrow-minded one. Sorry, that's, I'm being blunt. We have freedom. You have freedom. I have freedom. To be able to do a public service like this without the threat of violence or harassment, be thankful. Being able to choose, <laughs> that list can grow pretty quick. The choice of, uh, from a menu item, do you get to choose or does food plop in front of you and you have to eat what's there? If you're a kid, sorry, that's the way it works. <laughs> but uh, really, we have choice. The choice to go here, not do this, you name it. Uh, choice of a vehicle, if you drive, you have the choice to go places. It's a privilege to drive, is not a right. Most people don't realize that. Driving in Canada is a privilege. It's never been a right. So just in case you overthought your rights a bit there. Challenges in life. This one's not fun. Being thankful for challenges in life, for difficulties that have come your way. Maybe look back. And see how your life has been redirected because of a difficult circumstance. And you are here today because of that difficult redirect. Or you've had multiple redirects. Can you find a way to be thankful in that? I hope you can. Some people actually thank God for some of those. Not everybody can quite do that because some of them are really painful things that have redirected our lives and created a whole new future direction for us. But let's be thankful for some of those. Forgiveness. Uh Uh-oh. Let's be thankful for forgiveness. Jesus didn't have to go to the cross so forgiveness could happen. He forgave long before the cross. The cross was a demonstration of forgiveness to a new height. It It was almost like a language or a banner and a piece of art to show you. Look, forgiveness was manifested in a very unique way on the cross. But Jesus forgave before he died. Forgiveness from loved ones to us. Have you ever done something so hurtful that you, and yet you were forgiven? Oh my goodness, what a gift. Be thankful for that, for that forgiveness. Have you given that? Maybe you need to. But forgiveness is a big, big topic. I'm thankful to God for my forgiveness. That's a biggie for me personally. Even a personal introspection of the forgiveness you've received, you can start to thank God. So between last week and this week, you've got a really 
big list of things to go through if you're stuck trying to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Always be joyful. That's really hard to do. Never stop praying. By the way, this does not say always be happy. Happiness is usually connected to happenings, reactions to things going on. But joy is something internal. It's spirit. The joy of the Lord is our strength, not our happiness. Sometimes they can look the same, but don't get them mixed up. Never stop praying. Be thankful in your favorite circumstances. Oh, nope. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So if you're ever wondering what is God's will for you, because we do that. We wonder, oh, what's God's will for me? And usually we're future tripping, trying to figure out, okay, which decision should I make? What if this is your default? God's will for us is to be thankful. And I cannot and have not met a person who is genuinely thankful, a thankful person being also a complaining person. I haven't. I've yet to see it. Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. So be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. That's being intentional. Don't act thoughtlessly. That's reacting. But try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. So this intentional, instead of reacting, don't act thoughtlessly. How many times do we react to circumstances negatively? Um, that's big. If, that's our, if our default is just not being aware and just reacting, which is an immature thing anyway, that's what children do. They just react, and we, we have to teach them to plan better responses. Why don't we need to do that as adults? We do. But here, make the most of every opportunity for doing good. That means have your antenna up. God may have so many great, exciting things for you to do, to say, to whatever, draw your attention to. But if your antenna is not up, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. But there are always, I believe it's constant. I think God is constantly speaking to us, constantly trying to, trying to draw our attention to his goodness around us. If your antenna's up, you'll see it. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill you and control you. This translation is really good. So the idea of being drunk with wine, what happens? What, what controls you when you're drunk or intoxicated? It's the alcohol. And it says here, instead, let the Holy Spirit control you. That's where the source comes from. All right, this, it's a beautiful way to compare the two. Then you will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. I always thought that was strange because how are we going to sing hymns and spiritual songs to one another? Well, trust has to be there. Relationship has to be there. Otherwise, it's, it's awkward to, to do that if we haven't practiced that. And you will always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. 
That's cool. Colossians 3, make allowance. Uh Uh-oh. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Not Coca-Cola. Love. (laughs) Remember that song? I like to buy the world a Coke. Perfect harmony. Okay, yeah. Anyway, it's love that does that. So make allowances for each other's faults. We forget that we don't know everything. We think we can read other people's minds. We think we're so good as psychologists, we can totally know what's going on in that person's mind because of the behaviors, the external behaviors we see. We have no idea. We jump to judgment so fast. We all do. And yet, we're called to love, not judge. Hmm. That's a a good thing to remember, especially this June being Pride Month. How about you be judged as one who is loving? That is important. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and, you all, and always be thankful. There's a, there's a bit of a theme here of being thankful, being thankful, being thankful, which is about redirecting your attention to the right things. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Teach each other. Not some preacher teaching you only. No, uh, uh, uh. The church is about listening to one another. No one person has all understanding. That's impossible, which requires relationships, which requires spiritual conversations. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Ha! Huh. Wow. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Okay, that's a lot of thanks words. Next time you're ready to complain about someone else or ready to nitpick or whatever, Pray, Holy Spirit, can you just remind me to be thankful? And suddenly all that other stuff goes away. It just does. Just practicing, it's hard. (laughs) Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Oh, there it is again. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. That is a really important line. Here's the... Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Pray. Then you'll experience God's peace. God's peace is in you. But we don't always experience it or feel it. It's there. It's never absent. Look for it. How? By praying. Being thankful. If you need help, this is a great start. Eventually, it'll happen through your natural relationship with the Holy Spirit. You won't need the steps. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ.
Christ Jesus. I urge you, first of all, 1 Timothy 2, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so we can live peacefully and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. That's really hard to read that after an election. (laughs) Pray for your leaders. No matter what capacity, that means your bosses too. Anybody in authority, pray for the police. Pray for whoever. Even if you don't agree, pray for them. Let the Holy Spirit take care of things. You're not good at your control thing anyway. The Holy Spirit is. That's a lot of things to be intentional about. It really is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, where we may have forgotten to be thankful or we're in a pattern of complaining and feeling disillusioned, or even depressed in having a lack of hope, could you draw our attention to thankfulness and begin the therapeutic work of our minds being renewed? Teach us how to repent, true repentance, changing of our mind, so we walk in thanksgiving. May we be known as people who are thankful who emulate the love of Christ in how we act and how we speak and how we live. Pray this in Jesus' name.